Welcome to another episode of Together We Can, the podcast where we explore important topics related to education and student well-being. I'm your host, Wendy Johnson, superintendent of the amazing CUNA School District, and today we are joined by three experienced school counselors who will shed light on the crucial roles they play in middle and high schools. So let's dive right in. Thank you guys for being here. I really appreciate you spending time with me and helping our listeners understand your roles better. Um, So the three school counselors, I'm going to have them introduce themselves. We'll start with Colleen. Uh, I'm Colleen O'Sullivan. This is my second year at Fremont Middle School, and I've been a school counselor for nine years. Fabulous. Thank you. And I'm Heidi Beers. I'm at CUNA High School. This is my 10th year there and my 18th year as a school counselor. CUNA grad there with Heidi Beers. Thank you. I bleed gold. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Kira Brown. I'm the school counselor at Initial Point High School, the alternative high school in CUNA. And uh, this is my first year as a school counselor, but I've got a history of as a school social worker um, for about five years or so. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with us and sharing information that will help our parents, maybe students and uh, teachers in our community with your information. So um, to kick things off, let's start with um, what does a typical day look like? If there is such a thing as a typical day, what does a typical day look like for a school counselor? I think the best part of it is there is no typical day. Okay. So you really don't know what is coming that day. Um, It can be, you know, scheduled meetings, but then you may not get there because you have um, a student in crisis. So it's every day looks a little bit different. Yeah. What does it mean to have have a student in crisis? Um, Sometimes it's tears. Sometimes it's anger. Sometimes it's, um, you know, frustration. It's just whatever, you know. The students dealing with you try and just, you know, help them out and then send them back to class if possible or manage that at the yeah. moment. So you have kind of a schedule in your case, Heidi, of what you hope to get done, but then there's mm-hmm. times where you don't get to everything because you're there for kids. Absolutely. Okay. Great. What about at the alternative high school? Yeah, I, I would say it's really similar. I definitely have my <clears throat> meetings here and there and um little projects that I might be working on, a college and career fair, um, working on schedules for the next track, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But 90% of my day is just one-on-one meeting with students. Um, Most of mine are in crisis because I'm at the alternative high school, and so um, we only have 100 students, and they come here because they've really struggled um, at the main high school, and um, they just need a a different space and more support. Yeah. Some of them have dealt with like really adult decisions and adult issues as young people. And so sometimes the ramifications of that, you're there to help support them through that. Can you give me an example? I mean, we have a lot of different things going on with our kids right now. I think um, lots of really difficult like mental health diagnoses, um, like very intense like PTSD and depression and Mm -hmm. anxiety. Um, We have a lot of students that are kind of working to help support their families. So they're not showing up to school because they were working the night shift to help, you know, make ends meet for their family. Um, Or just, you know, a lot of struggles at home, lots of like arguments and things like that with family. And so... They come to school a little angry. Sure. Like so that. helping them deal with that yeah. so that they can learn. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What about the other side of the spectrum with middle school students? I think there's a range. I'm the same as Kira and Heidi in that you have goals for the day or the week that you want to accomplish, projects or 
check-ins and different things you have to do, but you have to be ready to face who's going to come through your door. And it can be everything from celebrating Mm. a victory for a student who's been working really hard to be able to stay seated in their class Mm -hmm. um, to a student looking for housing and learning that they don't have a place to sleep um, for that night. So it's problem solving and just, you know, really supporting the kids and that they have tools and whatever, and we'll help them find the tools that they need to be successful and get through the day. Do any of you ever in your day help staff? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Because the caretakers sometimes need help as well, right? right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you guys for doing that because that's so helpful when a teacher or staff member is in crisis, they know they can come to you too. Yeah. Or a a student may cause some of that (laughs) challenge for them. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everybody needs like a space to be able to just unload and know Mm -hmm. it's not judgmental and they can continue on and not worry about what they're saying. Yeah. Great. Thank you. So we know that adolescents, I mean, anytime, especially you bring up the word middle school, right? People go, oh, I hate middle (laughs) school or, or, oh, high school was so hard. Mm -hmm. You know, adolescence is just such a time of tremendous change for our students and we we see kids often facing adult decisions that they need to make, and they're not equipped always with those um, with the skills to make those decisions, and just the challenges of being a young adult. Um, how does your position support students with like peer pressure, stress, anxiety? That that's we hear that word a lot, um, and personal issues. I think our main like. For me, we're a safe space. We're a place where they can come and, um, like Colleen said, you got to vent. You need to talk about it. Someone that, you know, doesn't, we don't always have all the information, but it's um, we're there to listen. We can, um, you know, provide, you know, different perspectives, you know, yeah. depending on the situation. But we are a safe space for, for all students. And this is could be it could be the first time they're ever going through a breakup or having yeah. a friend talk behind their back or whatever it might be, and we're that and they feel like they're the only one that this has ever mm-hmm. happened to. And my parents don't understand because they're old or whatever yeah, they're telling right. themselves. Yeah. But we get to normalize that for them and let them yeah. like feel and let them experience it and talk about it and then give them those strategies to get through it. I mean, especially at the middle school, their yeah. body's changing, their emotions are changing, their friends are changing, academically they're being challenged, mm-hmm. and they're having to transition from class to class. It's a lot, mm-hmm. and it's it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's brutal. It is. It can be brutal, and you, yeah. you help it be less brutal for Hopefully, them. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. What about at the alternative high school? Yeah, I'd say, I mean, the vast majority, if not all of my students, would really benefit from being in therapy. Yeah. But a lot of them have maybe a stigma or they've had really bad experiences and they don't want to be in therapy. Yeah. Um, or they're struggling with resources. Maybe they can't get into therapy, things like that. Um, so I'm always careful with that line because I know we can't yeah. be therapists yeah. in our role. And we just don't have the time and the day to support that. But um, we can do a lot of like therapeutic support and work in that, you know, relationship building and skill building and um, like Heidi was saying, like processing and venting and things like that. So, yeah. How do I go from where where I'm feeling now to a better place Mm -hmm. so I can access my education or be able to not blow up later in the day, (laughs) whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. So you kind of brought up, you know, something I think that might be a myth um, that we could address, Um, the idea of therapy um, versus 
kind of responding to the the need. Um, what are some of those myths that you think, you know, parents, maybe teachers even, maybe students have about the role of a counselor in a secondary school? I would say um, uh, there's a, a, quite a few of my students especially that just don't won't talk to me yeah. um, because I'm the school counselor. Um, and I'm in a nice building where there's a lot of adults who are here kind of because they understand the yeah. alternative environment. And so not that anybody else isn't there for kids because I know all of our, all of our staff are there for yeah. kids. Um, they just really like meet kids where they're at. So I think there's some work in that area. Um, just at initial point with other staff being there as support without mm-hmm. the label of a counselor. Right. But right. they're doing a lot of the same things that we're doing by just being there for kids and listening to kids and, helping them like work through problems and stuff. So you have a, Heidi, at your Mm -hmm. school, you have a much different caseload. It's not 100 to one. It's Mm -hmm. more like. I probably have about 540 right now. Just, uh, and it fluctuates, obviously all of the alphabet does. Um, But we, we do our best to get to everybody. Um, Some, you know, I, I think for the myth is that we may tell parents everything you know they don't want to even come down and share friendship issues or anything like that just because they're nervous that we would call home obviously there are certain things we do call home yeah, about but yeah. um sometimes i mean most of the time we're just we're just there to listen yeah, yeah. help them through it and then well the stigma of getting a slip to have to come to the office or somebody mm-hmm. seeing you in the office like what are they gonna say so it's really breaking down that like mm-hmm. so i always try to purposely call down a variety of who the kids may identify as certain groups, yeah. you know, so that they see like, okay, it's not just quote the bad kids or whatever right. they think it might be. It's, right. it's everybody gets to come into my office. Yeah. You, br- you brought up like talking to parents. Like I know where advice has always been if it's, you know, you see a pattern of behavior that you're like, okay, now it's time versus like, hey, they just had a breakup. I'm just checking in. Can you talk a little bit about when you decide that it's time to make that connection with a parent? Sometimes kids don't have the parent to make a connection to also, right? Obviously, case by case, it just is um, you got to kind of read the situation and see if the kid is in a a position where they just need someone to help them communicate to their parent or at least get the conversation started. Um, There's certain, obviously, things that we don't ask student permission on. We do just call home, but a lot of times if it's do you want me to call home? Can I mention this in order to, um, again, so maybe you guys can talk about it later. Or, again, just getting the conversation started with parents is sometimes the hardest part for students. Sometimes it's just sitting there with them while they call their parents. Yeah. You know, just being like, I'm, like, rehearsing. Mm -hmm. What can you say? And Mm -hmm. how do you think they're going to react? And, okay, how would you respond to their reaction? And then just being there for them while they do it. Or being in the room while they're on speakerphone with their parents just as an extra Mm -hmm. um, person. Yeah. So, what about at IPHS? Yeah, I mean, I would say a lot of the same too. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely. We, I try to bring them in as much as I can, just because some of our students, they're used to kind of keeping everything yeah. closed. Yeah. Um, and so 
I think it's just really important to involve the family as much as possible, yeah. whatever that family looks like yep. for the student. Yeah. Um, really try to build up whatever supports I can. Like I even encourage a lot of them, like, can we tell your teacher about this? Yeah. Or can we, you know, who can we talk to about this stuff? So it's not just you and I. Right. So that we're building up your team. Yeah. So Yeah. I, I know from the past that every student in order to be very successful needs at least seven adults that care about them and are going to mentor them, you know, so you guys play an important role, but there's so many other people that sometimes you're connecting kids to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any any other myths that come to mind that, like the therapy, and we do have some in-school outside counselors that come in and help when a student does need more than just like one or two check-ins, right, that that parents would obviously I sign their kids the, up. Yeah, the BPA card Great. for the district. Great. A bunch. Good. Good. So mm-hmm. like connecting yes, families to resources. resources. Yeah. And there's relief when you say, have you called BPA? They're like, what is that? And yeah. just to know that there's somebody out there that can help them navigate. Yeah. Could one of you tell me what <laughs> BPA means? Because, you know, in my world, it means Business Professionals of America. Um, so BPA is, it's BPA Health. It's an organization that our district partners with through the state, I think. Um, it provides free resources for families. It's kind of like case management. It'll connect you to counselors in the in the local Treasure Valley through telehealth. You're guaranteed a meeting within 48 hours. Five free counseling sessions yes. per situation slash issue, right? So I could go talk to them confidentially, either through telehealth or even in person, guaranteed that you have these five sessions at no cost about depression, and then I could switch to maybe it's a breakup or some yeah. anxiety so I can keep kind of extending. But they also offer like financial education and support to navigate mm-hmm. those things and legal advice. So it allows our children, our, the students and their parents to connect with a free resource to get through hard times. Great, great. Thank you. Um, because again, when you have large numbers of students that you're serving, therapy isn't really one of the services that you provide, but it's really connecting mm-hmm families, community, to other resources. So thank you for sharing that information. And we'll make sure we send that out again to parents because um, especially around the holidays, it's it's tough. What are, what are some things, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and we tend to see kids, some kids struggle during the holidays. What are some things that, that you do to kind of be an extra set of help for kids that are maybe struggling? I really like for many of my students that are struggling with kind of thinking about being at home for that long yeah. or kind of being away from maybe school, which is a good source of support for them, yeah. um, kind of an escape from yeah. some of the things that they're dealing with. Um, we like to kind of make a plan of what they're going to yeah. be doing for that time. Um, lots of things to kind of keep them busy. Um, safety plans in certain yep. cases. Um, yep. If there's like worry about, you know, self-harm or suicidal yeah. thoughts. Um and so we just kind of will work on that. So yeah, great. That's a great example. Would you, Heidi or Colleen, add to that? Kind of the same thing in your world. Yeah, just making sure they have the resources if if something does come up and they're not in school, and it's not just resources for the students, but also resources for the families. Yeah. You know, thankfully we have a lot of things in the district that we're able to. Yeah. Um, Select and choose and see what, you know, if somebody is in need, we can, in most cases, provide them with um, support. Yeah, we have a really generous community, don't we? With yes. Willing to help. So um, how do you collaborate with teachers and parents to support 
students. I always think of the tri the best situation for a student is when a parent and a teacher are on the same page to help that student moving forward. How do you do that? Well, now you're the third person in that mix sometimes. I feel like we're the yeah. advocate. Yeah. We're, Heidi and I talked about this earlier. Is like we're the like go-between or the advocate. You know, a parent can come and say, I don't know where to start. I don't know what yeah. to do. My kid doesn't want to get out of bed. Mm. Doesn't hate school. Um, or we have this going on. And then you can talk to the student and they can say, well, this teacher looks at me funny or whatever yeah. it might, whatever they're feeling and the teacher can say they're experiencing certain behaviors and it's like taking all that information and asking the right questions to be able to piece the puzzle together to help everybody because I feel like the majority of the time it's just a breakdown of communication mm -hmm. and our, our feelings getting in the way you know a student feeling like a teacher's looking at them when the teacher's not even yeah. looking in their direction but right. they feel it you know because yeah. of whatever emotion they're having so it's helping advocate for what they need and piecing the puzzle together because not we don't always have the ability to do that or step and we're third party we're not in yeah. the middle of it yeah so can be a little more objective yeah. because of that yeah exactly I, I mean I guess I call myself the middle man in most cases <laughs> just yeah. um I, like Colleen was saying connecting connecting everybody together mm -hmm. whether you know setting up a meeting or just trying to get everybody on the same page so the student's interest is in um the forefront so we just a lot of times we're just the starting piece. Yeah. You know, whether that's providing emails of the teachers so that the parent can email right. or, you know, providing teachers with a little bit more background information yep. so they can get a better sense of what's what the student is dealing with. Yeah. Great. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's a, just slightly different at the smaller environment. Yeah. Definitely a lot of those same pieces come up. Um, but like I said earlier, the, um, the teachers and all the staff in our building are – are essentially counselors in their own yeah. way too. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, often I'll be talking to a student and they'll want to go pause my conversation with them and go talk to their art teacher yeah. instead or something yeah. or someone in the front. Yeah. Um, so they just, yeah, they really, I think, value all those relationships with the, mm -hmm. the adults in the building. Um, and so it's very easy for me to collaborate with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, they're really good about all my stuff and everybody that I work with is really good about um, kind of helping students with things that I'm working on with them to kind of support their mental health or their skill building or anything. Um, they'll kind of continue and like work on them and check in on them about it and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, you know, the social workers, we did a podcast earlier and talking to social workers, you know, they tend to be focused on elementary. You, you all are experts in working with adolescents. And they said the same thing. They said, you know, if, you, if you're if you a parent and you're like, I don't know where to start, I, the counselor, the social worker is a good place. They can say, okay, let me help you. Um, you're, I'm your advocate. I like the way you said that, Colleen. That's a great way to kind of think of it. I'm, I'm going to help you navigate the system sometimes is is a challenge because there's so many um, can be overwhelming right um what what roles do you play in like um helping a student who might be on an individual education plan like an individualized education plan IEP or needing some extra supports that would be documented in a in a 504 you guys play much of a role in that in the secondary we are the case managers okay. for uh, the 504s at the secondary level. So we are making sure that teachers understand all the accommodations, um, checking in with parents to make, you know, just to update the plan, make changes if necessary, checking in with the student, making sure they're advocating for themselves and their accommodations yeah. that hopefully they're aware of. Yeah. Um, 
you know, so. And we're looking for patterns. You know, if you're mm-hmm. talking to, you know, you're seeing, there's, I am always, I'm just down the hall from the nurse. So like hearing, uh-huh. if I hear a student's voice, I'm like, oh, that's funny. They always come in fourth period. You know, you're just uh-huh. making those mental notes. And so just looking for the patterns, not just grade wise and academically, but behaviors and what, what support do they need? And is it just individual and they just need to check in and set goals with us? Or is there more support needed? And then again, advocating and going to the teachers and saying like, what are you seeing or what do they need? Yeah. What, could you give me an example? Like you mentioned, you've all mentioned goal setting with students. What does that look like? Well, every, I mean, I think about, I, every morning before school starts, you know, I have my kids that I know I need to make contact with. And today I set a goal with a student and his goal was to literally stay seated in history. Like Uh he's like, I'm going to do it. I can stay in that class. I'm not going to have to leave and take a break. I don't have to take a lap. And that was his whole objective all day. Uh You know, I don't, and so tomorrow we'll see how it went. Yeah. So it's everything from, okay, this class I'm really struggling because I can't focus. So I'm going to work on my focus to um, maybe there's a big project and they need help breaking down what they have to get done on it. Okay. Um, what, what's something I may have missed that I should have asked? Is there something you would wish that our, our parents, our listeners, our community, our students, all the people who might listen to this would know about what you do, um, for our children in this community, our young adults, I guess. I guess what I would say (laughs) is like, I'm here for every student. I'm here. Everybody deserves to feel safe and like they belong Mm. and that they're part of the school community and whatever I can do to help them feel that connection is why we're here. And that goes for their parents too. Like they are just as big of a part into the school as their child is. Um, And they just deserve to know that like whatever dreams they have or goals, like they can become a reality. And that's our Mm -hmm. job is to help them reach those goals. Oh, that's great. I like that. What about that initial point? (laughs) Anything? Um, You know I think there's a big stigma with initial point. Yeah. Um, everybody kind of looks at our kids like they're the bad kids of CUNA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, if, you know, I can just say all day long how amazing our kids are yeah. and um, how resilient they are and how much that they have been through. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, we just always want to kind of try to tackle that. And yeah. our kids are doing an amazing job at it. You know, they're putting on community events. And mm-hmm. um, so I just, as their counselor, I'm, I'm just really proud of them, and yeah. I'm really lucky to be at my school. <laughs> yeah, like they changed their mascot this year yep. from the from like a rattlesnake to a phoenix, yeah. right? Rising from the ashes, rising from the ashes. Yeah. What a great example of resiliency yeah. just mm-hmm. within the mascot. Love that. Yeah. At a successful trunk or treat, yes, that they was were awesome. not sure if the community was going to come out, and they came out with yep. large numbers. So, yeah. really proud of our kids mm-hmm. at initial for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that of up. Of course. Heidi, anything from your perspective? Cunaha is a big old city it over is. there. Yeah. Uh, I guess I, a lot of times I think of it as like I'm in the graduation business. Yeah. My job is to yeah. get them moving forward and um, just to get them graduated, get them out into the world, but as like ha- happy, healthy humans. Yeah. And what does that what does that look like? It's so different for every Every student, and even within the families, that's I, mean, I really enjoy being in the alphabet, so I yeah. can see like longevity of these families that come through, and um, I'm thankful for that piece, and to see the growth from ninth grade to mm. you know when they 
when they cross the finish line, it's it's a big it's a big moment. I mean, I don't have teachers are a huge part of that, and I'm you know just a small small piece of that, but it is very exciting to see the growth that happens over the four years that they're there. Can I ask you a question? I don't know if you've seen this. Um, the Surgeon General came out recently and said adolescent loneliness is the is a is a uh, health crisis for our country. Um, you all have had some quite some experience, you know, um, as a counselor. What would how would you respond to that crisis idea? Adolescent loneliness. Do do you see that? And is that? And what are some ways, if you do, we can, along with parents, kind of combat that, or maybe some things we are doing to combat that? I highly encourage all the students to find a club, yeah, a sport, an organization um, to to join. There are so many clubs at the high school for all different interests that it really just brings together like-minded people in yeah. whatever um, the club that you're interested in. or um, So finding finding your people, mm-hmm. you know, and um, just taking, taking the time to explore different activities. I mean, there's just so much to yeah. do if they really, sometimes it's uncomfortable to step out mm-hmm. of your comfort zone, try and meet new people, but it is... Um, I think that's a huge connection piece for the student is to find their people. Yeah. (laughs) Appreciate our teachers for stepping Mm -hmm. up and finding clubs and making situations happen (laughs) for every single student they can plug in. Yeah. And they come up with some wild ideas. Yeah. yeah. Teachers are on board. Yeah. It's okay to be uncomfortable. You know, Mm -hmm. I think we, I feel like I feel that in my own self, right? Yeah. I used to be somebody who was always going and out and about. And then when we had to stay home, I was like, oh, I kind of like this. <laughs> and so I'm like <laughs> relearning how to like go out and about. Yeah. And like there's a level of comfort that I'm like, do I really want to? Yeah. You know? But it's, that's how you've got to connect and you've got to be around people. Mm-hmm. And that loneliness will go away because you find, yeah, similar people, people like you. Yeah. The middle school got rid of cell phones this year as, as an attempt to kind of yeah. help with that. And it's been really amazing. It's fun to hear the classroom's a little noisy, you know, like mm-hmm. they're talking and they're in the hallway. They're um, they're laughing and joking and lunch is um, engaging. Today I kept having to redirect kids to sit down because they wanted to go talk to everybody. And that's, you know, years in the past, they'd just be sitting there on their phone looking and not yeah. even realizing what was going on around them. Yeah. So it's been great. Oh, that's great. So we're going to combat loneliness that yeah. way too. <laughs> connect. What about an IP? Yeah, I mean, I we definitely don't have all the clubs. Right. <laughs> we got an esports team, and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I would just say like encouragement for like any student or any parent that's hearing their student, you know, struggle with loneliness, yeah. um, to reach out to their counselor because we talk to students about this all the time. Um, and if the student maybe can't see a way to connect with other yeah. people, we can help them with that. Yeah. Um, I like to run groups and get mm-hmm. people connected in that way because um, we have a lot of new students coming into Initial Point all the time. Yeah. So um, there's we got our share of lonely people too. Yeah. And they kind of find their connection through different ways. Um, but we can always kind of help kind of facilitate yeah. some of that connection as well. Yeah. I have to give a shout out to the leadership team there, mm-hmm. the students who are trying to 
be more like a family, like yeah. bring this, like be, have a welcoming committee for yeah. new students mm-hmm. and all these things that they're working on to yeah. help bring kids in quicker. Mm-hmm. So I, I, good job, initial yes. point leaders. <laughs> I appreciate you. Um, so thank you guys for sharing so much about like, you know, how you support the emotional well-being of students. And I know, I think when most people think counselors, that's what they think about. But you also, as a school counselor, have a responsibility on the academic side to help support students academically. What does that look like? in your roles? Okay. Well, in the national model, there's, you know, there's the school counselors national model and that's, there's three pillars to that, right? It's the emotional support when they need it, when they're in crisis or just help navigating um, their academic success. So that's where seeing patterns and looking for 504s, check monitoring their grades, making sure they have the credits in the classes Mm -hmm. they need to be successful. And then there's that post-secondary. So Mm-hmm. Not only do we want them to graduate, but we want them to go on to be successful. So what's yeah. your plan? What are you thinking? And have we set you up for success to achieve those goals? You yeah. Know? Or so those that's those three pillars are what kind of guide our work Great. from the day to day. Thanks for explaining that. Because mm-hmm. again, we get we we tend to get focused on the emotional side, but a lot of what you do during the day is like, okay, are you on track mm-hmm. to, you know, fulfill your requirements as an eighth grader? Are you on track to fulfill your graduation requirements? What is uh, what is your future plan, your four-year plan look like? Where are you within that? All of those big important academic side I would of say the about house. sixty to seventy-five percent of my job is the scheduling in the class, yeah, credit tracking, that type of stuff in yeah. order to get them to graduation yeah. just to make sure that they're on track. Um, but we do definitely work with the college and career team yeah. to make sure that they have, whether it's college, whether it's a career, whether it's their workforce, whatever their case may be, you know, just making sure they have some direction yeah. wherever, wherever yeah. that takes them. We're lucky to have an awesome college and career team, too. They, we did a podcast with them earlier, too, and they're just, they just make me excited to be around them. <laughs> they're so excited. So future-driven for kids. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, might be a little different at initial point, mm-hmm. I think, because a lot of our students come here because they get to that point where they think they're going to drop out of high yeah. school. Yeah. Um, so the future planning part is a little <laughs> challenging because yeah. they're like, if I just graduate high school, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So I've been really, as my first year here as a counselor, really trying to push what are they going to do next. Yeah. Um, and that college is in their future if they want it to be. It's totally doable for them. Or there's lots of other options, but we got to start thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's thank coming you. up. Thank you for doing that. Because <laughs> here and now is great, but we also have to think, let's put a put a foot in the future. Because sometimes I think that helps with the uh, um, anxiety and some of the challenges that kids have. It's like hope. I want to be something. I want to contribute to this world. So that hope piece is and sometimes with the hope, it's ending whatever cycle, yeah. you know, like family cycle that yes. they may want to just get out of. Like right. education is your key somewhere else. So, or, yeah. you know, a job trade or, you know, construction, whatever it is that can end the cycle that is, you know, causing them so much stress and pain. Yeah. Well, I feel like everything we're doing is focusing on the future. Mm-hmm. You're, you're repeating a pattern with your friends. Okay, is this the right friend group for you? What is it that you need in a friend? And being able to reevaluate yeah. So for the future so you don't have to keep experiencing the same heartbreak or the same frustration over and over again. Yeah. So you can be a successful adult. Yes. Right? Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate this time talking to you today and 
helping our our listeners to understand what you do um, and the integral part that you play in helping a student be successful in our schools and maybe even outside of our schools as they learn to become healthy adults when they leave our our um, walls and schools and classrooms. So um, thank you for, for being here. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Together We Can. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to explore in future episodes, please feel free to reach out. Remember, by working together, we can create a nurturing educational environment where every student can thrive. And thank you, counselors, for helping us do that very thing. Thank you to our podcast producers, Allison Westfall and Troy Stevens. They are amazing. Until next time, stay curious, stay connected, and remember, together we can. <laughs>